Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. It's now trying to marry the vision concept. And you actually, Johan, I think last year when you and I chatted for the first time, like you just drawing the the illustration of here's the gap, here's current reality, and here's the vision. Like that connection piece is where I found so much just enjoyment. Like, well, what is the vision, Will? Like, what are you trying to, to achieve or who are you trying to become? This episode of Beyond High Performance is hosted by the team at Novus Global Sport. I, Johan martinez Kalulian, Dan Leflar, and Matt Hannaford interview Will Trapp, defensive midfielder for Major League Soccer's Minnesota United FC. While honing his physical gifts on his way to becoming a professional athlete, Will realized his tool belt also needed to be equipped with the ability to handle the mental challenges along the way. Will outlines his wealth of skills built over time with the aid of Novus Coaching and how those skills are absolutely essential to being a successful professional in any industry. We had such a great conversation with Will, we even pitched making him a full-time host. We hope you enjoy the show. Are you looking to become a coach? Are you looking to grow in your ability to coach others towards amazing results? Coaching is a booming industry, and with certifications everywhere, it's hard to know where to start or who to trust to train you to make a real difference in the lives of others. That's where the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching comes in. This isn't just an online course that you buzz through so you can call yourself a coach. At the Meta Performance Institute, you get to learn from coaches with thriving coaching practices, phenomenal track records, and some of the most successful clients in the world. The content is tailored to you, depending on where you are and your coaching abilities. We have courses for people People at every level, whether you're starting completely from scratch or you already have a six-figure coaching practice, the Meta Performance Institute can help you get to the next level and serving others powerfully. To take our free assessment and see if the Meta Performance Institute is right for you, just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp for Meta Performance.institute. We'd love to work with you. So we've got Will Trap with us. Uh, obviously, we said a bunch of nice things right before we jumped in. Will, thank you for being with us, man. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. So we're, we've been talking a lot about um, uh, leadership. We've been talking about being prepared to a lot of different people in different sports. But I just wanted to just jump in with um, maybe the the more the most important question, Will. Why did you agree to do this interview? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, great question. You know what, Dan? I think I've listened a lot to, to your guys' podcast, and I, I find so much wisdom that comes out of it. Um, and I just feel like I have so much to share. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, uh, no, it's for me, I've, I've learned so much just in the past year working with Dan. And um, it's fun to just talk about like the growth process that, that you're on as an individual and in my sport as soccer. And um, I feel like every time you can surround yourself with sharp people and bounce ideas off each other, it, it only makes you better and it makes the, the impact that you have on your team that much greater. Yeah. Well, for people that don't know you, well, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my name is Will Trapp. I'm a professional soccer player in Major League Soccer. Um, I've been playing now for 10 years in the league. Um, and that's what I do. Uh, uh, I'm a dad. Um, two boys, my lovely wife, Beth. Um, that's like, that's the real job that I have. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, for me, it's, 
that's that's kind of what sums me up in in the most basic of terms. Well, how, how'd you know you you wanted to play professional soccer, and when did you know that? For me, um, it started, I think, young. Right? There's always that dream, the goal that you have in your mind. Um, but with professional sports, anything can happen. There's always the the potential for injury. There's always the potential for just things being derailed. So I always wanted to do it from probably the time I was six or seven years old. Um, but I felt as though the reality was, was coming to fruition by the time I was probably a sophomore or junior in high school. Um, I was playing with professional players, training with professional players, uh, on a semi-regular basis and was basically going to go to one of the best soccer schools in the country. Um, and the goal behind all of that was just to go become a professional. Yeah, and, and um, there's your your story. Will has a lot of components to it, um, and I want to explore a couple different ones. Um, the first is is more the adversity, and I, I just want you to take us to like in your career. What has been the most difficult? What was the most difficult season or period of your career thus far that you've had to navigate? Um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. You know, it's so interesting when you think about the seasons of of want in your career uh the difficult parts because i think every season like literal season of of professional soccer has those those low points um but i think the lowest for me was in 2015 i had uh, this was my third or fourth year in the league um 22 years old like everything is is on the up and up and i get a nasty concussion that has me out for about three months um and at 22 you're thinking man like it's not just my career, this is my, my life that's being kind yeah. of derailed um, and how to navigate. Can I ever come back and do what I love? Um, and, and for me, it was a really, really dark period of, of discovery of who I am, what motivates me and, and how I'm going to kind of get myself out of this. And thankfully I have an amazing support system that reminded me that it's just a, it's a day by day, pick up your cross and, and walk with it kind of thing. Um, and then eventually uh, I came through it, got help and haven't really dealt with anything physical, like, but there's always the disappointment and difficulty of, of failure. And I think for me, I've, uh, and to work with Dan, it's, it's been really fun for me to uncover some of the, the pitfalls that I've just ingrained into myself. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the fears you don't know exactly where they come from, but you just know that they're there um, as a, as an athlete in every game. It's, it's almost awakening that. And and I think that's, what's been amazing through the work with Novus of, of realizing these pitfalls, these fears that are at times or when I was younger, more all encompassing. And now it's, you're able to kind of move through them and understand them and, and have the right mentality to perform. Uh, and that's been for me so enjoyable um, but when I was young, struggling with injuries, man, you didn't, you didn't know who to rely on or what to rely on. Um, and, and honestly, a, a journey in faith really brought me through that as well. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Is as a, as an athlete, you, you do a lot of the preparation on the physical side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe there is a, a big injury for you. It was a concussion. Obviously there's tons of different types of injuries that take place for different athletes, and then the question becomes, well, what do you do internally? How do you prepare internally for that moment 
Did you do any preparation before that moment or was it now you're here, now you got to figure out what's inside of you? I think for me, it, I was always very, um, I mean, I, I even, it's a funny question now that I think about it, Johan. It's like when I was young, man, I remember calling my dad before games and having him have to like calm me down because I was so nervous about failing, right? And then you're confronted with something where you can't even play the sport you want. So the idea of me preparing my mind um, for, for what I want to achieve, I think I was just grasping at, at straws of seeing what works maybe for one game. And then the next game, it doesn't work. And then you're like, man, where's the consistency? And when's the, when the injury happened, I think I had the time now to slow it down and to really look at, okay, well, you don't have the performance here, but you have the time to be able to, to see what's kind of happening under the surface. And for me, I got into a lot of like meditation, um, some mindfulness things, and, and in a way that was super helpful, but I also found that there's a necessary amount of tension in professional sports that you have to have. And you can't go out there like a limp noodle um, <laughs> and like super zen and feel like you're going to have the the intensity and the tension to to perform. Um, so again, it was part of the journey for me of, of, of understanding what's the sweet spot for Will um, to perform its best. Uh, Will, I guess question for you, not knowing the completeness of this story yet. So you, you have the concussion. Um, yeah. What is that journey back like? Very frustrating. Very frustrating because the look, I could have a concussion right now, or this is how I felt at the time. I could have a normal conversation with people and they're like, you're fine, man. Like, awesome. Why aren't you back on the field? But as soon as you step onto the field, at least in my case, there's a difference between having a conversation, standing there, um, not being asked to do a whole lot physically, and then being amidst 100 miles per hour on a soccer field. Um, so that disconnect of you seem fine, it's all in your head quite literally, to this is how it's expressing itself when I am being pushed in a, an intense environment was hard for me to deal with in terms of, okay, well, why am I not getting better? And then you go down the rabbit hole of, okay, what doc, like, what do doctors actually know? How, how are you going to help me get back? How do we measure um, progress? And I mean, a lot of the work with Novus, right? It's, it's about objectifying results. And I think with concussions, there's, there's not a lot of, treatment plans that say okay here's where we are now here's the next step and here's how we get you better and measure that growth so for me it was really really difficult to find man am i better or am i just kidding myself um and as a 22 year old kid you're you're just trying to to sort through it and and eventually i honestly man i've met some amazing people and some amazing doctors that are doing things that um maybe aren't practical knowledge of your general practitioner, but they helped me immensely. Um, and it's been amazing to be able to pass that knowledge on to other guys that have struggled with similar injuries. Mm. Yeah, man. I, one of the things that I know about you, Will, is just like, there's, you have such a generous spirit. Um, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, and, and, both in terms of leadership, but also in terms of like the gaps that you've experienced in professional sport. Cause like one of the conversations we want to 
have is like, hey, like what's great about sports and what's also broken about sports in a professional capacity for guys who are in the leagues that they're in, whether it's soccer or hockey or whatever. Um, and I know you've, so to give a little more context, you've been a captain of multiple teams. You were, you went to Miami when they started a franchise. So you've, you've been through that yeah. rig and roll, which was a bit of an interesting, that's, that could be a whole like series of podcasts, right? Like true crime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> for, sure. for sure. True crime. With Mr. Beckham and all that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's, I was not going to ask you about David Beckham. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so what I am, I am curious, like, for maybe start here. Um, when did you realize you were a leader? Good question. Um, when did I realize? I think for myself, my leadership style, how I operate is very much um, example based. Like, yeah. do what's expected, um, show up, be a professional, um, and try to get better every day. And through that, I think you build habits that coaches see as leading coaches see as um, impactful and influencing a group in a good way. So I don't think I, I arrived at the point where like, I'm a captain, bang, like this is who I am. I'm going to rah, rah the group. That's, that's not so much who I am. It's more, Hey, I'm going to show up because I, I love the growth. And Dan, you, you and I know from just our work is, man, I love the process like so, so much, mm-hmm. even when it's difficult, even when the, the gaps are there. Um, and that's a way in which I think it's translated into through osmosis or just rubbing off on rubbing off on guys that coaches see, hey, man, this this guy is someone that that makes people try to bring out their best level in a lot of ways, because in my perspective, that's what I'm always trying to do every day. When, when, um, when were you first uh, given a captaincy? I'm curious, actually. How old were you? Uh, man, probably a sophomore in high school, maybe a freshman in high school. Um, and then my second year in the league, I was vice captain for our team in Columbus. And our captain was out for a decent amount of time. So actually, I think I'm the youngest, the youngest captain to ever serve in MLS, maybe something like that. I love that you don't know that, but it probably is true. Yeah, um, I'd have to look that. I have to look that up. Well, and and I actually like why. I know you probably. I don't know if you've thought about this, but like, what do you think that's in you that had you in those positions so young, so early? I think again, it's it's this pursuit of growth. Um, I really think there's just a deep, deep rooted motivation um inherent just wanting to push myself to see what i can do um and i feel like that's only been leveraged more through what we've done dan uh and at a young age it was more like hey man i just love this game like i love getting better and finding things that i can compete with other guys and and beat them at it right (laughs) like that's uh, obviously a huge big like component of sport but um finding that I can be excellent at something. That's what I was all about as a young kid and um, continuing to push that further and further. And again, I think it just rubs off on people and, and people take notice of that. So I sense in, in just talking to you for the first time, like you carry a really um, positive, um, there's certainly uh you're a high achiever, right? Like you, you, you're probably your hardest critic. I would imagine. Have yeah, you, absolutely. 
have you ever noticed, like, is there anything that you've had to wrestle with internally where you want something so bad, you've prepared so much that yeah. you almost give something uh, way too much credit, right? Maybe it's someone else's opinion. Maybe it's, you know, I, you, you kind of get what I'm, what I'm going towards, right? Like where oh, has man, that been in my language, <laughs> right? Where has that really uh, been something that you've had to wrestle with and, and how have you dealt with that? That's such a good question. Um, it's really interesting. Like when you, when you pull back the curtain and you see that for what it is, um, because I think you're absolutely right. I've given, Oh man, whether it's pursuing playing for the U S national team been so fortunate, been able to play 20 times for the national team, captain the team eight, nine times, I think. But then it becomes, okay, what happens when the performance isn't as good? Right. And you want to get back there. And this is what Dan and I have worked on a lot. It's like, you want to get back there, but you want to get there without, without making it this insurmountable obstacle, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is the pursuit and the, the drive to be excellent, but it also can't be this daunting task. And I think for me, I gravitate towards, man, this is, this is going to be tough. And like the language that I have used for a long time has, has pushed it further away. Right. Um, and, and that's been something I've had to wrestle with immensely is like, well, you want something, but it, the harder you want it and the more you push for it, the further it goes from your grasp. Right. And it's such a counterintuitive idea, but being able to understand what the gaps are, um, for me recently and seeing, and this is something that, that Dan and I have worked on. It's, it's finding the love for what you do and the love in those moments of, of, difficulty or the gaps and seeing like, wow, how am I orientating myself? Am I putting like the wrong fuel in this tank? Am I really focusing on the fear of it, avoiding shame or uh, avoiding looking bad or whatever it may be um, for the sake of just enjoying the process of, of something that God created me to do. Uh, and that's, you know, what's crazy, Matt, is it's like, it's a day by day, moment by mm -hmm. moment yeah. struggle, right? That is like, that's the crazy part about, about that dilemma, I guess you could say is you're constantly having that war waged in front of you and inside of you. Yeah. What, what if, so with some of the, the athletes that we work with, the, the end goal is always more important than the process. And rare, like in the beginning, especially, it's like, oh, no, I got to get this thing. We have to win a championship. Yeah. I have to be the best. And it's always about result first. Um, yeah. How how did you fall in love with process? Or for you, was it from a young age process is more important because you said you love process. So what happened internally for you where you're like, actually, the process is is the play. The process is what I enjoy the most. Well, I think it, it comes, especially when you're young, I think it just comes out naturally in the sense of, man, there's a lot of guys, and I'm sure any of you who played sports at whatever level, you know the kids at a young age that are like, damn, that dude's a baller, like he's going to make it. And then he's not a baller in like two or three years <laughs> right. because it almost came too easily. Um, so for me, it was like, well, it's not coming as easily as a lot of those other guys, so I have to work at it if I want to get where I want to be. And in doing so, you kind of fall into the love affair with, well, this is just who I am and, and how I'm going to get there. 
Um, so for me, that was, that was certainly the case of the process is necessary for progress and excellence. If I want to achieve what I want to achieve, um, because but like, sure, there's all of these natural talent for if you make it to be a professional athlete, but some guys are more talented than others and pick it up quicker than others. And some, it just takes more work. Um, and I honestly, I don't mind the work. So, uh, that, that was something for me. It's, it's now trying to marry the vision concept. And you actually, Johan, I think last year when you and I chatted for the first time, like you just drawing the, the illustration of here's the gap, here's current reality and here's the vision. Like that connection piece is where I found so much just enjoyment. Like, well, what is the vision? Will? like, what are you trying to, to achieve or who are you trying to become? And again, it goes to that, that constant reminder of like, no, this is who you've committed to, to showing up as. And I think it's, it's really funny. Like if you remind yourself of that and you really sit in that, your body almost like takes over mm. um, in, in kind of a, a bizarre way. Um, and it's, it's not like positive thinking. It's just the, the, the mind craves growth, I think, um, and craves vision and information. And if you can speak into that, I think it, it just takes it and, and moves forward. Did you have did you have a vision to be a leader like early on or was it you were thrusted in, into that position? So you're like, oh, I guess I am a leader because people I'm getting that feedback from the outside world. Or or did you know that was inside of you even before people noticed it? I think so much of it was predicated on ability when I was young um, that you're naturally looked at as, hey, like we need you to because we want to win like your teammates look to you right and through that you start to assume more responsibility um and i think that naturally moves into to leadership in, in some form or the other now for myself i think i've always tried to look at it from how i play the game my job my role is so much more provider so much more um being someone that that gets the i'd say i just pass it to good players um but being someone that, that serves serves those around him, right? Through how I play, through how I think, and and kind of blending in to making the whole the whole composite work well. Yeah, and I wonder what's been your your biggest pain points as a leader. Like, what's been the things that have occurred? You're like, do I want to be a leader anymore? Maybe yeah. I, I can pass this <laughs> off to somebody else. Uh, Nice. Is that allowed? Because we lost yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Johan, I think the, the hardest part for me is confrontation. Um, and confrontation is difficult for me because I don't always understand how you, how someone doesn't see it, how I see it. Mm. Right. Like show up, show up on time, do the right things, work hard. And when people don't do that, I really, I have this just internal struggle to call them out because I, I, I can't understand it. It doesn't make sense in my brain. Um, but then I, I think it's, it's something where that's just part of my growth as a leader to, to better understand that not everybody is going to operate how I operate and how do I, how do I still find ways for the team to be successful? Have you signed up to be part of the Beyond High Performance Network? 
Membership is free and grants you early access to chapters from our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better, which comes out this summer. As a member of our exclusive community, you'll also receive an invitation to a monthly webinar where you'll get practical leadership tips and tools from our executive coaches at Novus Global and their elite clients. Join us each month for an in-depth conversation as we pull back the curtain on our coaching practices and share what we're learning about how the best get better. You can discover more when you sign up at novus.global forward slash book to begin receiving these helpful resources today. How do I continue to motivate people and, and bring out their best level, even though it's not something that I would say is, is what I agree is the best way to, mm-hmm. to, to do so. Will, I, I, um, I kind of want to take that a little further too. Like you've been in this world of professional sports for a long time now. And I'm curious, like, what do you see in the world of sport that is deeply broken that, um, that, that really gums up the system or really doesn't help athletes become who they could become? And that's a very open-ended question, but I, I just want your take as a captain. You see a lot of guys, um, what, what, what do you, where do you see some of the more predictable pitfalls? Like what, what do guys do that really gets in their own way? Yeah. Great question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind as a pitfall that's very common is just this individualistic thinking that like, this is it. And it's like, this is the best my life's going to be. And if it doesn't work right now, then everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket and it's over. And I think that like, we're, we are young, we're at the peak of our physical abilities and that's all great, but there's, there's a lot of a lack of like future casting and forward thinking. Mm-hmm. It's so much in the moment of I'm not playing right now. This is a disaster. This coach is terrible. This organization sucks, whatever. Right. And the emotional aspect really gums up how guys progress. And there's so many guys that if it's, if they're just given tools, truly like given tools to understand, okay, well right now it just is a period of patience right now is a period of, of you building up the the habits that are going to make you a superstar or an all-star, whatever it is. Um, and I think guys lose that because they want the instant gratification of succeeding right now. And it, I think what's unique about soccer is how global it is. Hmm. So, the competition market is global. So what you're watching on a Saturday, on a Sunday, on a Wednesday in the champions league is, is different than what you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis in MLS, but guys are judging themselves and judging others based on the highest metric. Right. And from that, I think there's even more pressure on the individual to say, well, that guy's further along than I am. This is BS or this is, terrible or whatever it may be um so i think that's a unique thing to to soccer i mean it's not probably not unique to professional sports in the sense of the the individualistic short-mindedness um what else do i have i think there's also just a a real lack of awareness um and and self-awareness as to well what are the areas where i'm struggling and i can improve on like professional athletes we we very quickly forget 
like how hard we worked to get to this point. And then you become a professional athlete and you're like, well, now I'm good. Like I'm just going to play Xbox and watch Netflix during the day. And it's all good. Right. Um, and we love to read the stories about Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant and LeBron and MJ. But when it comes, when push comes to shove and training's over and you're tired, you don't want to keep doing the work. Right. So, uh, that's one where I, I find super ironic because we all love that. We love those stories, but we don't want to put ourselves in the position to, or be vulnerable to, to push ourselves in, in a way that seems hard. Will you bring up, you know, some of the things that athletes in general kind of need, and you brought up like future casting. What I'm wondering yeah. is what do you feel like it, it, if you had people surrounding you, right there to assist, what is it that you would feel like you would need from them? Is it, mm. is it words of encouragement? Is it getting you to recognize and like slow down and stop and help you do some of the stuff that really Novus has helped you do, right? Let's talk about your future and what your goals are and what you want to accomplish. And I asked the question because I agree with you, right? Like every athlete I feel like needs, you know, in baseball, for example, you see these players retire and they think their life's over. They're 35 years old. They're retiring. And guess what? The minute they step foot, you know, into what I'd call like normal territory and now they're a human being and they're no longer a player. It's as if society like doesn't care about him anymore, right? And you could be a superstar and it's like, oh yeah, but he doesn't play anymore. So that the sexiness around the being a professional athlete is almost gone overnight. So what I'm really trying to figure out is what is it specifically that you feel like could help? And I'm asking the question because it's like, Mm -hmm. then how can we as people in this business start Mm -hmm. providing players with that, 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 ability that that tool yeah i mean i i think it's so interesting and and i can speak to this just because of the time and the the work i've done with dan um because there was there's that anxiety that comes as an athlete as you get older year by year you think man like what what happens when it ends that just creeps it starts to creep in the back of your brain right um And I remember one of the first conversations Dan and I had was like, what if you're at base camp right now? Like, what if this is the dullest your life is ever going to be? And I said, wait a second. Like, I have never, ever considered that question in my life. Because again, you're young, you're healthy, you're making good money. And this is, this is Everest, man. We're killing it. But inevitably, like you said, the, the career or this stage of your life is going to change and it's going to end. And I've found that the work with Dan and, and surrounding yourself with coaches like those at Novus or honestly people that just are outside of your purview of the sport that you're in. Yeah. Um, maybe people in business or from in my, like my perspective, people that I've met through church um, that just have a different take on, on where they're at in their life journey. It, it opens you up to a different t- kind of hope and a hope that, wow, yeah, like what if this is just the dullest part of my life? And from that discussion or that question, you start to see these, these tangents that come out of like, well, what am I passionate about? What vision do I have for my family for, for where we want to live or what we want to do? And um, that starts to breed again, that future casting or that, 
those multiple areas of vision that don't pigeonhole you to like, I'm Will Trap, the soccer player. When this ends, everything ends, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more potential and possibility that comes from asking those big questions that challenge your world idea. Yeah, because I think it's if we're asking the question, when when this ends, what begins? Mm. Right. When this ends, what begins? And I think most of us aren't prepared for that because we do firmly root our identity in whatever we're in right now. And so Mm -hmm. we don't see the new beginning, the next version, you know, whoever we want to be next. And I I wonder, like, how are you preparing for that now while still being in the moment? Yeah. um, hmm. Well, I think so much of it, Johan, is is having conversations and meeting with Dan on a weekly basis or every 10 days or whatever it is, because it starts to illuminate those other parts that I love about life. Um, And inevitably like they're not disconnected. So what I'm going to find that helps me as a husband Mm. is going to help me as a leader as well on the soccer field and how I care for people, how I'm attuned to, to my teammates or my wife's feelings on a day-to-day basis or my kids feelings on a day-to-day basis leads into how I perform on us on, on the field. Um, should we ask so for me, right I, now? Should I guess she's driving? Like, is she? But yeah, like that, that question of like when this ends, what begins? Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's so fun to, to have someone open your your brain up to different possibilities because you start to feel space you start yeah. to feel freedom and matt to, to go back to to what you were asking about i think being someone that's that's working to help athletes um i think it's it's getting coaches for them getting people that that understand tools that don't just help you as the athlete but help you as the person because Again, the interconnectedness of, of who we are as, as people um, makes us more valuable as athletes, makes us more valuable as assets to a, to a ball club or to a soccer club. Well, and, and one thing, I, just to slow that down, because like, I don't know if athletes intuitively, like you spend so much time preparing your body, so much time preparing your body, so even time preparing your, your mind. Um, and we do, we do a lot of that. And even as a player agent, like Matt, I'm sure you have lots of, I know you have lots of conversations with your athletes having to do with what they're thinking and mm-hmm. decision-making, but there's like the mind pre- pre- preparation and the character preparation, like to prepare your yeah. character. Cause it's your character that really um, are the roots for when the storm hits your tree, you know, when the hurricane hits, like, are you a palm tree and you can just bend right over or you get ripped out of the ground and flailed around and Will, sure. one of the things that I've really admired about you since day one was that you cared about your character as much as you cared about your game, like on the field. And and yeah. I I have a bias, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, and even uh, Johan and Matt's. Like my bias is that character is a performance enhancing drug. That it mm-hmm. can that that in fact it, it could be one of the most unlocked performance enhancing drugs in sports. What do you think of that statement? I think you're spot on. Um, because like you said, w- the metal gets tested always. And like the beauty of sport is the fact that you get to strive to, to achieve something and you're always doing it against someone else. Um, so 
like it's not just going to go the way you want. And I think character is the ingredient in that, that it teaches you how you respond to the moments where things aren't going your way or things aren't going the way that you prepared them to be. So by preparing your character in a way that's, that's humble, that's open, that's, um, generous and giving, um, I think you're, you're giving yourself the opportunity to, like you said, be able to bend and not break, be able to adapt. Um, and, and for me, I think the character aspect, I've, <laughs> I've just found that if I, if I look at things from an arrogant, cocky way, first of all, I hate myself because I don't like being like that. And I don't perform well because the, the second you start to, at least in my, for me, this is just for myself. The second I start to, to think that I'm better than whatever task is in front of me, that's the second I'm closing myself off to gaining something from it. Um, if I already know or think I know what's going on, then you're not, you're not maximizing anything from the, the exercise that you're going through um, versus approaching it with humility and, and with, a, with an eye to learn or grow. There's always value to be created. Um, and one of the best articles I read was something that Jason wrote. Um, it's just like asking, what can I get from it, from this situation instead of how do I get through this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, it's so funny. I've had that conversation with teammates. We have some exciting news to share with you. But first, have you ever wondered what tools and techniques our coaches use to do what they do at Novus Global? Or maybe you've just wanted a one-stop resource for coaching that you can use with yourself and those you lead. Well, for the past several years, we've been working on a book that shows you how to do just that. It's 250 pages where we pull back the curtain to show you our method for helping leaders go beyond high performance. We packed this thing as full as we could with great tips, content, and stories from our clients and coaches on how they apply the tools we use every day in work and leadership. And while our book won't be out until the summer, we wanted to give you an opportunity to begin engaging with the material right now. To do that, go to novus.global backslash book where you can sign up to be a part of the Beyond High Performance Network, where we'll be handing out advanced copies and chapters from the book, doing free interactive webinars with our top clients and coaches, and other free resources and surprises that I think you are going to love. So if you don't want to wait until the summer to get access to the book, if you're longing to be part of a network of leaders that all want to go beyond high performance, or if you simply want more free resources from our world to help you and your team, then head over to novus.global backslash book and sign up today. And guys, like their eyes light up and their brains kind of click on. They're like, wait a second. That's really interesting because how often do we just go through whatever the, the situation is? How do I just get through this team talk? How do I just get through this training session? How do I get through this conversation with a guy that maybe I don't really relate to so much? Instead, and, and that's the beautiful thing about soccer is how international it is, is how do I learn about a different country? How do I pick up a way to communicate to a guy in a different language that maybe I, I didn't know before? Um, and, and that's super, super interesting to me. And I think it ultimately just continues to build up character in, in the individual. Yeah, and that's part of why we wanted to have this specific conversation because, you know, all of us have had some experience as athletes and then now working with athletes and we've all experienced there is a big difference between the the athletes who spend so much time and energy preparing just for the physical portion of it mm-hmm. and not for these other aspects right like they don't work on their mind they don't 
work on their character. And, and that's part of what we're so interested in is like, how do we catalyze this part of us that's so crucial, right? Like how do, how do we help lead the conversation here so that now it's not just as important to be like, yeah, work your butt off physically and then you'll get there. But it's like, hey, guess what? You can do that and still not excel. You can do that and still be your own worst enemy in crunch time. You can yeah. do that and crumble uh, when things matter most. So I wonder if you have any insight there into how do you help catalyze somebody who you're like, man, you're so talented. Like you yeah. have all the tools now, whether it is a conversation or a question that you're asking a teammate that helps them click into that next phase of like, I want to work internally on myself. Yeah. Um, that's a million dollar question there, my man, uh, because it's really, and I've had a lot of those conversations with guys as I've been more exposed to this, you start to naturally just, you see it more, right? Mm -hmm. You see yeah. how hindered people are and, and within yourself, of course, but like young players on my team where it's like, man, there's so much ability. You just need to figure it out, man. And like, I'm not just saying like, like, figure it out, whatever, like just be tougher mentally. Cause I think there's a lot of words that are thrown out there and not a lot of mm -hmm. like tool again, tools or just truth spoken to these, to these young players. Like, well, here's, here's what you need to work on. And some conversations I've had, it's, it's interesting. Like it doesn't happen in one conversation. Mm -hmm. It has to be a consistent approach as to like, Hey man, I saw this today from you. Let's talk about it. And then like the next week, Oh, you know what? This happened again. Let's talk about, it. you have to stay on top of it. And I think the hard part for a teammate in this, in this scenario is like, dude, I got other things going on, man. I can't babysit you, you know? Um, and that's where I think the need and the, the importance of having a coach is, is so great because you're able to now share what's going on test it and then come back to it with someone who is well-versed in the tools. Um, and that's why, honestly, I, I've talked to Dan about this. Like I think coaching is something in the future for me because I just love, I love that interaction. I love working through that just in come myself. Come to the dark but also, side, Will. Come to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really easy for guys to just say, ah, oh, it didn't work, man. Like, and you guys say this all the time, like coaching wasn't for me. It's like, no, like you tried coaching on and coaching wasn't like when I forget what exactly. Yeah, you guys yeah, say, no, 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 it's, it's like, it's the like, coach's problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. No, it's the, the individual, way, right? <laughs> the way one of our colleagues says this, Chris North, it's great. It's, it's, um, it's not that you tried coaching and it didn't work. It's that coaching tried you and you didn't work. <laughs> and it's true. Like there's a, there's oh, a, great. it's like going to the gym and like, oh, the gym didn't work. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You got to get in the squat rack yeah, and like yeah. lift some weight, <laughs> yeah, dude. you know, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. well, I, I can't actually think of, there's very few people that I've had the privilege of coaching and working with who, um, who work the room and work the weight like you work it. And I know, like, I, I think even the amount of growth that you've experienced in your life is just so much fun to watch. But, and the future is very bright. I know that. Well, we got like a few minutes left. I'm curious. Uh, this is just more of like a, as a sort of a fan question. What are, what are some of the things um, about professional sports that people who aren't in them, like, what are some of the, you know, the, the things that nobody gets to know or, or see or parts of your life that like people don't really understand because they're not in yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, it, I think it's so, it's so fun. Um, because it's a sport, right. And it's really easy to, to lose, lose sight of that. But I know now being a, like a dad and my oldest is two and a half, um, like being able to have your kid come to a game and like recognize what dad, dad does is like literally the coolest thing on the planet because, um, I don't know if there's like, there's anything or many other jobs in the world where your kid can come and like celebrate what you do in a way that's like as exciting as being a professional athlete. Um, so that's one, I think also the, <laughs> to be honest, the hours are incredible. Um, the, the, like our work day is finished by 1230, one o'clock. And then I get to come home and spend time with my family. Um, other than that, man, like, there's not a ton of like excitement. It seems so much more glamorous up from the outside looking in than it is on, on the inside. Um, because really we show up, you work, um, and then you kind of just go home and hang out and you make connections and like, that's amazing. Um, but I think as you get older in your career, you start to really find the people that you've played with over time that mean a lot to you. And, your, your web of connections maybe grows, but the people that you care about the most shrinks. Um, and that's like, that's not a bad thing. That's not something where you don't care about your teammates, but I know for myself, I've been a part of now 10 different professional locker rooms and there's probably one or two where I was like, no, those are like my best friends because we've been able to go through transformational experiences together at an age where we're growing as individuals, we're growing as soccer players and we are fortunate to have amazing leaders, all those sorts of things. So, so building those types of connections that aren't just like the guy you see on TV from another team. Um, but like, we know, Oh, that's Hector and that's his wife, Jenna and their son, Mateo, and they're expecting their next baby. Like those are the things for me that, that really make it fun when you're watching ESPN or Fox sports on a Sunday, Saturday. I'm just really thankful for you because uh, you really set an incredible example, not only for like, and I, I have the privilege of, of being one of the guys on your team supporting you, but um, you set an example for me, even in the way that you you're committed to serving as a leader. And, and I, we could do a whole nother episode on like becoming a dad and what that looks like in captaincy mm -hmm. and serving the team around you. But one of the big highlights that I just from this conversation is just like what happens when you commit to that kind of growth and what's possible and yeah. how could that can impact not only your teammates, but your own performance. So I just want to thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for joining us for a Novus Global Sport episode on the Beyond High Performance channel. Our producer for this show was Ivan Lasarde, sound engineering by Eugene Lafleu, technical production by KF Chacon, edited and mixed by Yvonne Lasarde. All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before you go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into the hands of as many leaders as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear about more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people that you care about. We drop new episodes every week, so subscribe and watch us continue to learn to create resources that serve you powerfully. Speaking of resources, we have a lot 
lot online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from hundreds of clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. To start that journey, simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this and maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are a coach and you want to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. And we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you'd need to create a meta-performing coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. Head on over today.